Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. And oh my gosh, we have some great guests lined up tonight. I hope you are sticking and staying with us. We've had some guests already that have been great. I don't think I ever want to talk about Hunter Biden again. I think I would kind of wash that away from my brain. I can't use soap, but uh, there are other things <laughs> to wash that out of my brain. Um, our next guest I'm excited to have is John S. Haywood, a distinguished professor of economics and director of the Master of Human Resources and Labor Relations program at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Let me tell you a little bit about him. On Thursday night, nearly 150 auto workers hit the picket line. Oh, I'm so sorry. 150,000. Thank you, Jonathan. On Thursday night, nearly 150,000 auto workers hit the picket line, marking the latest high-profile strike of 2023. Now, I'm just going to insert a little bit. I have been a part of a union. My father was a grievance man uh, for a union in the, the city where I grew up and was born, and it means a lot to me when unions are out there using their voices. Even though the voices may sound silent to some, I am so grateful that they are out there hitting the picket line and, you know, they're marking the latest high-profile strike of 2023. Now, the work stoppage from the United Auto Workers now sits next to stoppages in national industries and local business alike, but is a historically, um, is historically busy year for strikes, or does it just seem that way with our 24-hour news cycle? To go through this particularly active summer of union solidarity, as well as where it stacks up to the past, we welcome University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Distinguished Professor of Economics, John S. Haywood, on the show tonight via the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. How are you, sir? I hope I can call you John. Uh, Please do, Gerald. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Okay. I am a union girl inside and out. I get excited when the talk is starting. I get excited when people want to join. And then there are those who say, I don't want anything to do with unions. I love talking about it. I love seeing how people are doing better because of these unions. So as you look at the history of it, you know far more than I do. But what is happening right now? What is the reason for it? And I am not quite sure on that answer. 
Well, uh, you, you're right. It, in your uh, sort of lead up, you suggested that it might well be an unusual summer, and I think it probably is, uh, at least by relatively recent standards. Uh, both the press and uh, commentators have called it uh, the hot labor summer, and now with the UAW strike in the early fall, maybe it'll also be a hot labor fall. So uh, just the Two major aspects, I suppose. One is increased organizing, as in, you know, the creation of unions, mm-hmm. and the other is increased militancy. The strikes and near strikes that we've seen, uh, really many, many. Uh, UPS just narrowly averted a strike. Uh, dock workers on the West Coast, fast food workers in California, the actors and the screenwriters and hotel workers. It's it's really been quite an active summer. It's been very active, but is there more to come? Are we already in the center of it and we're starting to slow down? Or do you think this is something that's going to last for a a while and even more unions are going to get on board? Well, I think uh, some of that will be determined by how some of the strikes that I've described that are ongoing uh, end up. So I think uh, to some extent uh, it's hard to predict. Uh, I think there were a series of good reasons why it was a hot summer. Uh, Some of them are economics. Um, The economics uh, things that come to mind are, first of all, uh, inflation. We've had a lot of inflation, and so uh, the value of real wages and contracts has gone down, and so workers were trying to catch up. The second thing is the unemployment rate is very low, so it's a good time to strike because it's hard to get replaced. So those basic economic issues kind of make this a sort of salient time to take action. Forgive me for interrupting. I do know that there are so many young people um, in the ages of, I would say, 25 to 30 that are really paying attention. It was a time when I could talk to my nieces and nephew when they were 21, 23 years old, and they would just go, oh, those union things, whatever. We don't even need to know about that. But now it's different. We are starting to see young people between the ages of 21 and 29 that are asking more questions about unions and why it's important and why why did it ever have to, you know, become a thing. And as we talk about it, or as our parents sit and talk with their children, we start to find out more and more. Yet, we don't have more of them, particularly the, um, the, the very young group. They, they are the ones out there trying to figure out, should I get involved in unions? And I'm the one screaming, yes, please. <laughs> but we are not getting those numbers that I expected. Well, uh, I think there are a couple things going on, Carolyn, that are worth thinking about. Uh, One is the traditional industries that are unionized, uh, manufacturing, auto workers, UPS, dock workers that we've been discussing, uh, that these uh, don't have an awful lot of young workers in them, frankly, Uh, just the nature of the tenure and the demand for workers means that those industries skew old. So the way in which you're going to get young people involved in unions is probably with new unions starting. And that's a very difficult business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is happening to some extent. I mean, all over the country, we've heard about uh, the Starbucks that have tried to unionize mm-hmm. and have indeed had successful votes, even though there are no new uh, first contracts. In my home city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, our local um 
coffee chain called Colectivo, uh, successfully had a union drive and got a successful first contract. And I don't suppose there's anyone in that union older than about 30. (laughs) (laughs) So so there are some bright spots for younger workers and unionization. Uh, It's happening, uh, but it's a slow process. I remember being at a restaurant in Philadelphia. My daughter was at um, uh, the University of Pennsylvania. And I'm sitting there enjoying my lunch. It was very few people. And all of a sudden, a woman comes in, and she sits behind um, me in another booth. And there's one man sitting there, and she's quietly trying to encourage him to join the union. I had never heard a conversation like that before. And I felt really honored to be a part of it. And I kept trying to turn around a little bit to watch. But now there are those, it seems like there are bigger numbers that don't want a union. Is that how you're seeing things right now? Oh, I'm not sure. I think it's it's hard to tell. I mean, there's no question that unions have been on the back foot for a long time. The share of the workforce that's unionized has declined continuously for many years now. Um, whether that's going to turn around, it's a little hard to say. But there are some some brighter spots for people like you who would like to see that resurgence. One thing is that Americans are at a, frankly, an all-time high for feeling that unions play an important role in the economy. The the, the Gallup poll asks these questions annually, and and really the last few years have been the highest that measure has uh, ever been. Uh, And I think there's a sense uh, that, uh, that unions can, for all their faults, uh, can play a role in creating uh, a fairer uh, economy and uh, redistributing income toward workers in a way that people think is valuable. Uh, how much success they'll have and how big this growth might be, I can't predict. But but I don't think it's all negative. I don't think it's all negative either. Um, and I'm starting to hear people, not just from Wisconsin, but even in other states as I'm traveling, um, you know, you just start a conversation. It's amazing how um, what I find is when, when I'm at the airport or uh, I'm waiting for a cab or for an Uber, you know, I find a way to start a conversation with someone. And it's quite remarkable if the word union is in that conversation that I just started <laughs> someone's going to get up and leave pretty quickly. And I kept asking myself, why does that happen? Is it that people don't want to talk about unions? Do they feel like, no? In fact, I remember many years ago, I've been doing this on the radio for about 25 years, and I remember um, having to talk to people about unions. One guy would call me here on the radio many times, and he would say, "Miss Steele, I make way money than any of you people make at the station. So, no, I don't need to be a part of a union. I said, oh, wait a minute. Let's talk about how your, 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 the money that you're making has come to be. It's because of unions, right? So just trying to have that conversation was really difficult, and that man was quite angry with me. Uh, and I said to him, I said, if you are angry with me, I understand, and I receive that. However, please look on uh, through the lens that I'm looking through, and I will look through the lens you're looking through. And hopefully we can find a settling, you know? So, 
Certainly. When you know, yeah. when we know that this is a possibility and there are other people out there saying unions are awful and all you people need to get away from me, how do we start the conversation again and say, no, no, let us tell you the good things about unions? Well, the, at least legally, the U.S. system is set up so that every non-union workplace uh, can potentially become a unionized workplace. And so it really does involve those conversations in which you can convince enough of your colleagues and peers uh, that a union will be beneficial to you. And I think it will always be the case that some people will not find a union beneficial to them uh, because they're very independent and they don't want to be part of uh, sort of a group. They don't want the majority to tell them what to do. They want as much autonomy as they can get. Uh, but other people will say, uh, by joining together, uh, we can create a united front and we can negotiate and make our workplace better. And importantly, you use this word, uh, uh, and I think it's a critical one. Uh, we can give voice to our employer about what's important to us. And we have to make sure that we understand what that means, that it's important to us. We can't just let it sit and no one understand what that really means because it's life-changing when your family has union support. Um, it's life-changing. And I don't think enough of us, even those that have been in the union for many, many years, decades even, sometimes I wonder, are they fading? Are they saying, nope, I don't even have to talk about it anymore. Let's just hurry up and I'll get to my, my pension. Let's hurry up and get to that. Even <laughs> pensions are changing and reforming how we're doing things. In the changes that you're seeing with all of the unions right now, um, what is there one thing that you would say all of those unions have something in common? Well, I think America's unions are incredibly diverse, um, but I do think the thing they have in common is the sense that they can accomplish more together than they could separately. And so it is a question of uh, forming uh, a united front, coming to a consensus among yourselves about what it is that would make your workplace better, whether it's changing the work rules, simply increasing the earnings, or as you say, and it's often very, very important to unions, things like pensions and health insurance. And it is certainly the case that on average, workers who have unions have better pensions and health insurance. So uh, while there's not one thing that that all unions push toward the general idea that we're going to get together and we're going to talk about what will make our particular union uh, members uh, feel more a part of this place and feel more appropriately compensated for what we contribute. I think that's probably what's in common, just that broad desire to work together. Broad desire to work together. I think it should be on a T-shirt and a sweatshirt. How about a coffee <laughs> mug? I can do that. <laughs> My goodness, John S. Haywood, so happy to have you join us tonight, and I hope I can call on you again. You certainly can. My pleasure to talk with you. My pleasure as well. Thank you, sir. You bet. All right, everyone. He is the Distinguished Professor of Economics and Director of the Master of Human Resources and Labor Relations Program at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee.
If you have not heard of him, this is my first time speaking with him, please look him up and really try to understand as much as you can about unions. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's 827 right now. Welcome back. Oh, my goodness. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. There was so much in that conversation, and I wish we had more time with the distinguished professor of economics and director of the Master of Human Resources and Labor Relations Program at the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. You know, Jonathan, I still have classes to finish for my master's degree. And I... I keep saying to myself, are you sure, darling? Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. I, I, you don't just start this and then think to yourself, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do it. No, no. no you're, you're not alone. I know people that are going back to school, uh, continuing education as adults, and they, mm-hmm. are, they have similar outlooks thinking, you know, this is so taxing when I have, I have to work 40 hours a week. I have children to take care of, or I might have elderly people, you know, might have to be a caregiver. Um, And you have all those different things that you need to take care of, but you're still looking at trying to better yourself through that degree. And it's, it's a lot of work. I have to do it though. Yeah. And you know why? My mother said one thing, literally one sentence. She said, hurry up. Exclamation point. That's what she said. All right. Hurry up. (laughs) And that lives in my brain, right? Lives in my brain. So I have to get back to it. And it's been hard because I've been dealing with some stuff. And but I'm at that point now. I have to do it. I have to start as quickly as possible. So say a prayer for me on that. Oh, do you pray? Wait. I'll cross my fingers. (laughs) That good enough? That's not crossing fingers. That's not it. There you go. Yeah. Cross my fingers. Take out my lucky rabbit's foot. You have one? No. <laughs> God, lies <laughs> <and> slander. <laughs> See, if you were a woman, I wouldn't have all of this. <laughs> all right, everyone, we're going to have uh, weather coming up next. Stay tuned. It is now 8.36 here at WCCO. Welcome back. We're excited that you stick and stay with us on a Sunday night, and we do not take that for granted. So thank you. Of course, Jonathan Lowe is our in-studio producer. You hear his voice often. And I am your host, Geraldine Steele. Here's the thing for me, you guys. Um, when you think about unions, think about all of it from the beginning. Think about what it really means to your family, what it really means to your parents, what it meant to your grandparents, your great-grands, and so on and so on. 
And, of course, we've been hearing about over 300,000 workers have gone on strike just this year. But don't be fooled because unions are still a dim shadow of the mid-century glory days. But more than 300,000 workers are getting out there and striking. That's a big deal. And I'm grateful for it, and I hope you are too. If you'd like to comment on your family being members of a union and what that has meant to them financially, what it has meant to them um, when it comes to making sure that Christmas happens in your household, um, please give us a call at 651-461-9226. Again, that's 651-461-9226. Let me tell you a little story about my father and my parents being involved. And there was a Christmas year where we had no toys. There was just nothing. Uh, It was a bad time for the union, very difficult. A lot of families were hurting, just didn't have the money for food, didn't have the money for gasoline. And it was remarkable how many people came forward, especially those that worked at the, um, these huge places, um, My father was at so many of them and trying to save the jobs of so many men who had been struggling, and they found ways to do it. I remember we didn't have any Christmas, um, no Christmas toys, nothing like that. We had a real tree that had white frost all over it. You remember that, right, Jonathan? Did you ever see a tree like that that had white frost? We didn't have one of those, um, but you. This isn't the the like the clay trees that you're talking. You t- this no, is no, actual this is tree, a actual with, tree that you can spray. Yeah, I don't. We never did the spray stuff. I don't. I don't think I'd have yeah. to call my dad about that. He's the Christmas aficionado yeah. of the family. Oh, I loved it. And then we had that little wheel with all the colors on it, and so the tree with the white frost on it, you would see all these different colors go by, and all of a sudden we got up. Early that morning, we knew that there was no money for gifts. But there was an event that day, and my dad took all of us to this event. And we walked into this big room. It was like a big auto, um, a gymnasium that I had never seen before, filled almost to the ceiling with nothing but gifts for children, all ages. The difficult part with that was that you didn't know so many other families, but it was jam-packed with families, the spouses, the children. Sometimes an aunt and an uncle just came to help carry things around, right? If there was a family and they thought they ran out of this one thing, there were other families going, no, no, let your children have these. We could hear them crying and asking, oh, but we're out of there. We don't have any more. I can't have one. Other families would give theirs up. It was so beautiful. And I remember... You know, at home, our parents sitting down and talking with us, really saying to us how blessed we were that the company was able to do this. People call it today, what do you call it? When you... (coughs) Excuse me, I am coughing. I apologize. So you're you're talking about, are you talking about gratitude or... (laughs) Gratitude for sure. Okay. But there was more to it. Excuse me. So we'll talk more about that. Let's take a break (laughs) in just a moment.
All right, it is now 8.45. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us. I tell you, I have such allergies, and I'm so glad that I have a Benadryl that I can break in half and take half of it, or if I want to take the whole one. But you get that little tickle in your throat, and, you know, all of a sudden you go, whoa, what happened? <laughs> so I, I apologize for that. I I must say that... When it comes to the holidays and when it comes to unions, these unions have been so incredible. I'm not saying that all unions are doing the right thing. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that. I don't, I don't have the knowledge of today's, all of the unions, you know, the people that I know have worked in unions for many, many years. I'm just so grateful that my father was a part of it, and he taught us so much about unions. My children, I have said to them, if you want to be part of a union— do it. One of the best things you can do. My son is part of a union. I'm not sure if my daughter is. I have to ask that question. And I hope that my grandchildren would be part of unions. That's how much I love unions. I think it has been um, that, that it has been a huge part of our success in the United States. I really believe that. Now, not all unions are doing well. Not all of them. But I... I really appreciate those that keep trying. They work as hard as they can to get people to understand what it really means and why it's important to be a part of one. Um, I have family members that have, you know, three different unions or four different unions that they're in. It's important, and I hope that you will find that it is still relevant in your family. Even if you no longer have people in the family, who were in the, a union or several unions, let them tell all of the family members that are young or younger, right? Make sure that they are encouraged to learn about it. Sit down at a dinner table and have a union day. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but it's that important to me. It really is. Try it. Talk about it. Sit down and say, why do we have unions? Why do we need them? What would you say, Jonathan? Well, I I would be um, lying if I said that unions have not had an impact in my life beyond the union that I'm in right now. Right. Um, my my father is a member, and I can't remember whether he's kind of an emeritus type of member or retired because he's been retired for a while now. But this is uh, very telling right now. He's part of the UAW. And so, oh yeah. So I called him earlier today and just asked him uh, if if there was anything he was doing. Did had he joined the picket line at that point? And he hadn't. But one of the plants that he uh, that that is on strike right now, uh, it's just outside of St. Louis. He worked there for a year. Um, he went there when I was in elementary school, and he worked at that particular plant for a year uh, because the plant down in Kansas City had closed. Mm-hmm. And so he was still trying to stay in that line of work. And he's he's also been a member – he's also a member of the IBEW. Oh, yeah. The International Brotherhood of Electricians. And mm-hmm. so he's been very involved in unions, very involved throughout his entire career, and he still is actively today. And so um, – Were f- Masons part of unions? 
look that up for me if you yeah, can. Tell, are you talking about Masons, Freemasons? Freemasons. Or, Freemasons. Yeah. Let yeah, me yeah. check on that. Yeah, we should just I know, check and see. I, know, I don't know if they're necessarily a union. I think they may be. But I know that they've, they've been involved as a group in some, you know, otherworldly type things or other, you know, outside of right. the industry career, you know. You, you seem which, uncomfortable uh, just trying uh, to talk about it. You know, sometimes <laughs> you might you might talk about the Freemasons and you don't know. You might disappear just for just for a day or two. That's all. Just know. a day or two, right. Just a day or two. Uh-huh. Uh, you should no, learn more about all, the Freemasons. All kidding aside. Uh, have you let, been one? No. No, I think actually one of my coworkers is in that is is in that uh, the natural brothers or no no no, brother. no no, um, but yeah, the importance of unions in my upbringing and in my life is is significant, and so I I did not join a union until I started working here. Oh, I was fine not working in a union. I, I'm I'm fine either way. I'm I'm not pro one way or the other, but you, I will. I am pro the value of having unions and the value of having all this stuff that unions provide. Because if we don't have that type of structure, we we may not go back to like 1910 days. But there, you talk you talk about people trying to roll back restrictions and roll back regulations and that sort of thing and unions will try to keep those intact for the safety and the well-being of their members and i yeah, think that's important and i'm grateful for that yeah so i i tell as many people as possible about unions um and i just say just look into it you don't have to join immediately just look into it go to some of the meetings meet the people find out exactly what it is that they do and why it matters why does it matter? So we've been hearing, seeing a whole lot of video of people that are just fighting for so much. And they look happy doing it. I don't know. Some people may look at that and go, oh, no, they're not happy. They're just doing what they're supposed to do. No, no. I remember when the, you know, some of these started really quickly. And you look at the faces and people would say, oh, yeah, hold on. So we'll we'll take a second here. Let Gerilyn collect her thoughts as you listen to a Sunday night still talking Sunday night on News Talk eight three zero. Why? Why does this happen to me? <laughs> I don't Why? know. I don't know. It's like a little miniature thing somewhere around me, and no matter what I take, aspirin or Tylenol or trying to stop a cough, it's really quite remarkable. Oh, my goodness. We have a caller. We have Phil calling from North Minneapolis. Hey, Phil. Hello. Hey, now. What do you think? You got something to talk about with the unions? I do. Um, I was um, in general labor um, most of my life and was never in a union until about five years ago. Um, And I was shocked. Uh, I didn't know much about unions. Yeah. Um, but I'm really shocked uh, as to what they do and don't do. Um, I find that uh, basically, at least the union I'm in, basically just protects uh, lazy workers. Um, I found that after one year of employment in this union, um, a person would be making the same money as 
um, the guy who had been there for 40 years. It's, um, I think it's ridiculous, but I mean, the pay is decent and, you know, I'm older and there's not a lot of people looking to hire people my age. So I stick with it, but my first experience with the union, but I think it's, it's terrible. I will say to you, Phil, that the unions are not perfect. Just like the corporations that run a lot of the businesses in all of these beautiful buildings in Minneapolis, you know, we all have to ask Mm -hmm. the right questions. Whatever are the questions that we need to have answered for us, for our families, right? So it breaks Mm -hmm. my heart that, you know, it kind of went down (laughs) big time for you. You were doing okay, and then you just kind of went, oh, no, 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 I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not enjoying this process. And did you ever leave it? Did you ever walk away from the union? Uh, no, I'm still there. But, uh, you know, I'm just in my last years, and uh, so I'm just hanging with it. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, my first experience with the union, and it just really surprised me. Yeah, not every union is equal, that's for sure. But I will say, right. very quickly, I will say that you have been fortunate to do it. And I think if you just look behind where you've been and where you are today, uh, I think you will find that it's far better than you know. Thank you for calling in, Phil. Thank you. And uh, thank you for Sunday nights and your sweet, smooth voice. <laughs> when I go to bed, I just, it's, I love Sunday evenings. So thank you. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Good night. All right. Let's go over to Jeff on the line right now. Hey, Jeff, what union are you a part of? Jeff, are you there? Oh, I think we lost Jeff. I think we lost Jeff. We are so happy to have um, many of you calling in, and we're trying to make sure we get to everyone as quickly as we can. Do we have Jeff again? All right, then. Jeff, welcome to CCO. How are you? I'm doing great. It just so happens that yesterday I attended a union career fair at the Arden Hills Army Base. Army Station, and every a lot of unions were represented, laborers, the brick, the teamsters, the electricians, uh, even uh, police and fire were there recruiting union members. And I just happened to pick up a brochure on the Cement Masons Union, Yeah, and their apprentices start at $36 an hour, and once they become fully invested in faster journey ships, they go up to $46 an hour. And is that good enough for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really quite remarkable how it changes. You know, there are families that were really hurting, and then all of a sudden, they, you know, the one of them will join a union, and things change, and it gets better and better and better. So thank you for sharing that story, because as many people that may be considering joining a union need to hear it, that's for sure. Thank you so much for calling. Really appreciate it, Jeff. And to all of you that have participated, really appreciate it. It is now 8.57, and we've got to run real quickly and do some spots and uh, take our time. But we'll be back because Center Stage is coming up next. That is the 9 o'clock hour. You do not want to miss it. We have some great guests lined up for you. So here we go. We'll be back in a moment. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 